Welcome to X-Files Podcast, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. I'm Janice Formicella, a breakup coach passionate about supporting others to heal from their breakups, overcome loneliness, love being single, and see the end of a relationship as the beginning of a magical new chapter in life. I am here each week to share with you the tools that I have learned through my own painful breakups, through hitting rock bottom more than once, and through working with people all around the world to heal their broken hearts. If you are looking for hope and strength to move on from your breakup and resources to enjoy your new single life, you are in the right place and I've got your back. Dear listeners, I am so glad that you are here as always. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, I'm sharing a great guest interview that I'm so on fire about. And I want you to know that it was created for anyone struggling with any aspect of a breakup right now. If you are newly broken up and feeling a lot of pain, I hope that it will give you hope that there are fun things coming after the dust settles. I know that's hard to believe right now, but it's true. If you feel like you are starting to put your breakup behind you, I hope this episode will give you some ideas of things you can do to strengthen your relationship with self and more fully open the next chapter of life. And if you are feeling great about things and maybe even starting to date again or want to date again, I hope this episode will provide tools for self-exploration and learning what you want out of life and love. Sarah Mack is a colleague and a new friend of mine with a very similar philosophy around supporting singles and using a breakup as a portal for growth. She is a coach who works one-on-one with people to thrive in their single lives so that you can manifest a badass future. Please go and show her some X-Files love on Instagram at love.sarahmack. And of course, all of the info is also in the show notes. Today, Sarah and I talk about rediscovering yourself after a breakup. I want everyone to know that I just got so revved up about Sarah's three-part process that I am now using it as a client resource with her permission. If you'd like a PDF where we outline each step, please head over to the X-Files Facebook group. That is Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On. Um, The group is active. I would really love to see you over there. And I'm going to be loading a copy of this uh, there this week. So with that, let's get into it. Welcome to X-Files, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat again. Me too. So everybody, go and check out Sarah's podcast, which is... 
deeper than dating. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Janice was on about what was that two weeks ago? Yep. So we're we've we ha- we can talk about this stuff for hours. <laughs> yes, for sure. When when you said that we were ending, I felt sad because we were we just had such a good vibe going. I um, did an interview on single is my superpower, um, which I did get a couple of messages from some listeners. So I th- I'm um, happy oh, that you know it resonated, and I'm always excited to talk about overcoming loneliness and using solo time as a superpower. So thank you. And I was also excited to connect with you through our, you know, mutual friends and all of that, because you're a dating coach who is particularly passionate about breakups. Yes, definitely. Breakups and singles and just really empowering singles to let go of their past for good, because I've just I've seen too many people, myself included in the past of just holding on to their exes. And really questioning pretty much everything in their lives. And I know Uh we'll we'll dive into identity and stuff today. Just empowering singles. I love it. I think people sometimes find it so curious that I'm a dating coach who focuses so much on enjoying being single. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, I mean, to me, it makes perfect sense because you're a better partner when you're happier on your own. And I think that's really where to start if you have any desire whatsoever to date now or in the future. Totally agree. We're like the same. We're the same. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm excited about this connection. Sarah and I collaborate or cross paths in a few different areas. And I just, before we get into reclaiming your identity after a breakup, I did want to kind of give a slight little plug for something that we work on together. And that is we are both introductory coaches for Heartstring Dating App. Can you tell my listeners a little bit about it? Yes. So yeah, Janice and I met, we met through, I guess that's one of the ways we got connected was through Heartstring and our mm-hmm. friend Lee Michael has, is he's the founder and he's really on the, on the ground. What's the, what's the term, you know, like boots on the ground, getting this <laughs> thing going mm-hmm. out in the field. And, um, it's a new dating app that is focused on it's video only And the other thing that makes a difference is you can only chat with three people at once because as we see on other dating apps, if we get, you know, we have like 10 to 20 matches and then we kind of just, or personally just shut down and don't want to talk to any Uh of them or we feel overwhelmed. So that's it. I feel like I don't have time to do it when I'm on an app where I'm just getting bombarded with matches. It does. It makes me, um, I'll just go in and (laughs) delete the app because I, you know, I'm definitely the type who will like do answer my messages at the end of the day. And if I have too many, then I convince myself that I just don't have time for it. And yes. And so that is, you know, it's a very conscious, intentional dating app. And that is Mm -hmm. one of the features that you chat with three people at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other amazing bonus of this app is there's coaching coaches on there. So he's collaborating a lot with dating coaches, sex coaches, breakup coaches, singles coaches. So divorce, a lot of divorce coaches. So um, just we even have a co-parenting expert on there now, which I'm yeah. so stoked about. Hey, Katie. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a it's a great idea. All right, everybody go and download Heartstring. You can find it in the App Store. So Sarah, let's get into it. I guess do if it. you don't mind, I really enjoy asking my my guests, <clears throat> do you have a breakup story that <laughs> led to where you are today? <laughs> yes, I do. I have a few. Um but I always start with my first love breakup that was really the catalyst to my self-development journey when I was uh, 20 or 21. That's when it all started um, in college. And yeah, we were we were each other's first loves. And then just I knew I needed to go experience life and and kind of experience other things. I was in college. We were apart and we broke up. But we did not know how to let go. We did not know how to actually end the relationship because we kept wanting to get back together. We were best friends. So how can we, you know, cut each other out of our, each other's lives? We just didn't know how to properly handle a breakup because we loved each other. But that led to a really toxic cycle of like a year and a half breaking up, getting back together. And we both just turned into like terrible people. Like it, it brought out, <laughs> it brought out the worst in both of us. Like I saw sides of myself that I never wanted to see again. I never wanted to experience hmm. again. Where it was just so much anger because I felt so trapped in this relationship. I knew that it needed to end but I didn't know there was a light on the other side. I didn't know how to get out. And I think same for both of us. So anyways, we finally somehow ended it, cut the cycle. And my, I feel like my life just got so much better. It's like, I can feel, yeah. Like I, there was, it was like this moment I had like a come to Jesus moment when it was like, um, literally the next I, I I somehow emotionally or let go and after you know months and months of inner work and it was like the next day someone came someone new came into my life it was it was crazy and so that was the first experience I got that like oh there is a light on the other side when you do this do inner work and something shifts and it's hard to explain because it felt like this cosmic relationship came into my life that was like, okay, this is, this is the type of person you could be with. Let go of your ex. And, um, that I've heard this so many times about stories about people who release their ex and the Mm -hmm. next day meet someone. That's beautiful. Yeah. And, and, it, it was such a gift and a sign from the, from the universe in my mind of you've done the work now, you know, move forward. Like it's, it's, you've, it's time to let go. And I really let go. Like I had no feelings towards my ex. I was done. I was so done. I was so drained. But anyways, that's what really was the catalyst to my journey because I was like, oh, I became 
this person. I never want to experience that again. I don't even know if I ever want to be in a relationship again. This was so traumatic. It was such a traumatic, like I felt the same way when I got divorced. I even told my, my ex, I was like, I'm never going to date again. Yeah. (laughs) I don't need this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, and it really helped me with my, you know, inner strength and independence. Cause I was like, yes. I don't want to jump into another relationship. I don't want to go down that road again. So I did put up a lot of walls yeah. um, until, you know, someone came along, someone different came along and broke those walls down and I fell in love again. But I really became obsessed with the psychology of love, the psychology of breakups and relationships. I was so curious how we can love someone and then feel like hating them the next moment. And I was like, what is going on in my brain? What the hell happened in my brain to make me change as a person? And I totally, you know, lost myself. Like I didn't like the person I was through that first breakup. And I thought, why the hell are we not being taught how to handle these emotions better? Like I felt like I needed I was in college at the time. I felt like I needed to take a college course on how to freaking get through that breakup because it threw me so off course. Like I, you know, my grades were bad that those months and I couldn't concentrate at times. I couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, terrible anxiety. Like, and then, you know, you you bring your problems to your friends and your family and there's only so much they can say or do. They don't, they don't really know, understand. Yeah. And then, so anyways, that was a freaking whirl, whirlwind. Um, a year and a half. And that's a long time to be in drama and, and chaos. And yeah. I also see it a lot. And that's why I'm so such an advocate for owning your decision and hold, no contact and all of that, because it is so hard to break away, especially when you kind of stay orbiting around each other. And yeah, mm-hmm. it can turn into this vicious, vicious cycle. I mean, a year and a half of your life, that's not a short amount of time. Yeah. And sadly, I'm, I know it's happening a lot longer for, for people yeah, exactly. where really not letting go of the mm. relationship and not knowing when there's that fine line of, okay, maybe we can get back together yeah. and it will be healthy, but this was not the case, especially, you know, we were like children, 20 year olds. And that's another thing I'm quite passionate about. I think obviously people should date in their twenties, but you know what? Hold off on anything too serious because you do change. And this is what happened in my marriage was we got to, we got married so young and you change, you become a completely different person from 20 to 30. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. you really, you know, you're not going to recognize yourself. You probably won't recognize your spouse. So yeah. I love that you said that you got interested in the psychology of breakups and relationships and all of this. Is mm-hmm. this when you became interested in the whole like relationships and identity? Did you feel like you had an identity crisis or did this come later? I would say I had a few more relationship experiences that I needed to have to learn different lessons. Like I was in, I've been basically been in three different three year relationships. Okay. So Uh I have a pattern. So I've had to figure out my own patterns in the past. And I have this, I have the belief that, you know, everything comes into my life for a reason. I'm where I'm doing the work that I'm meant to be doing, but I needed to have 
each and every relationship to lead me to where I'm at today. My whole twenties, I guess, was an identity crisis. I think that's, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's pretty common. I was in another relationship that was a just very different kind of love. It, it was we were best friends, but I mean, I say that about every single ex I was best friends with. I but, mean, that's not a bad thing to say about <laughs> someone. Yeah, I know you become. With. Yeah, you become best friends. I hope, but it was just a different kind of love. Um, however, I knew he wasn't my person. And I, again, was so terrified of going through the breakup, the same experience that I became, I kept running away rather than facing the issue of saying, okay, you're not my person. We need to end it. I I just, I think there was, I, I would sabotage. So I like literally moved to Europe to kind of get away from the relationship because I knew I needed to go find myself quotes. Myself. <laughs> She's putting <No>. up quotes. <laughs> quotes. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. We do. We definitely need to do that in our twenties and travel is a good way to do that. It mm-hmm. parallels my story a little bit. I, as yeah. I think you know. Yeah. So I, I moved abroad for a year, which was, was great, but I feel like I always felt lost in love and relationships, but at the same time was studying my patterns, was studying myself, was studying what was really going on. And I, why can we love someone? Like I was in love with this other, the second boyfriend, this other person yet know that he wasn't the person. Yeah, And that's been my biggest conflict is knowing, yeah, knowing you have to let someone go. That's been my biggest, I guess, identity crisis in love and relationships for the past decade. And it just made me more curious about, okay, well, why do we end up with these people in the first place? Why do we pick these certain partners? Like what patterns are happening there before we get into the relationship? So that kind of led me to the work I'm doing now is before we even get into the relationship, figuring out what we want. Because I I just happened upon these relationships. Like you're young, you're in your 20s, you're with you're around a group of friends, you're in yeah. school together, you kind mm-hmm. of just gravitate towards certain people. You don't really think, we're not consciously thinking about what do I want in a partner. I was not thinking about that. I was just gravitating towards a friend. Uh, we both, I think, had a trauma bond because we had both had traumatic previous breakup experiences. We really connected over that. Um, and that, and then we fell in love and never questioned whether, okay, is this what I want in a partner? Like that just wasn't taught. A lot of people just go with just the chemistry that you can have between someone, which you can have chemistry with a lot of people and sexual attraction to a lot of people, but Mm -hmm. compatibility is a whole other thing. And you are absolutely right. People don't take the time in between relationships to, to sit down and, you know, write, write these things out and even think about them. So another layer to the work that I do is my dad is a divorce attorney. So he's Ah. in the business. He's in the business of breakups as well. So I always kind of joke that I'm taking over the family business. And I do feel like I have this subconscious fear of breakups and and really going full in. And that's my own work to do. But I've seen so many nasty 
breakups and divorces and custody battles and children involved. And I want people to be so much more intentional with who they're deciding to spend the rest of their life with, if that's what they want or have procreate with, like to legally be binded to another human being. And so that made me very cautious in my own relationships in the past because of this, of what I've seen in my dad's business. Like I grew, I pretty much worked in his office. Wow. Huh. I didn't know that part of it. I find that so fascinating. (laughs) I guess. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to probably have to circle back to that at at some point. X-Files allows me the chance to make an impact that means so, so much to me. It is thrilling to support people all over the world to heal their hearts. And having Anchor has made it easier and more fun than I ever thought it would be. It is really such a blessing. If you have something you would like to share with the world through a podcast, I highly recommend them. If you haven't heard, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast and allows you to monetize from the very beginning. Download the app today and start sharing your unique message with the world. Happy podcasting. Nothing shatters your life like a breakup and the pain of a broken heart is real. I know that it seems impossible right now, but there is hope and there are ways to heal. I would love to work with you one-on-one to heal your broken heart and put your breakup behind you. My personalized coaching programs are designed to pinpoint what will be most effective in helping you to move forward and make this breakup a part of your past. I believe in you. Message me at xfilespodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at xfilespodcast and let's connect about creating a magical plan of action for you to enter 2023 with this breakup in your rearview mirror. I really, I like how that has informed your current work. And I know that part of your current work is working with singles and helping them to reclaim their identity before they date again. And why do you think that, I guess in the first place, why do people lose their identity when they're in a relationship? And should we be preventing losing our identity in a relationship? Like, is that important at all? And if so, you know, how can you make sure that you don't, don't lose yourself? I mean, I do that in relationships. I get really caught up. I let some of my passions go so I, I can relate mm-hmm. for sure. So can you speak a little bit to that? Absolutely. <laughs> so I think it's, it's so common for people to have an identity crisis, especially after a breakup. Um, it, it you'll hear people say it all the time. Like, I just, I feel like I've lost myself. I don't know, you know, where, what's going on. I don't know where I'm going. It's really, we've lost that relationship with ourself. And when we're 
spending so much time with another human, we're taking on their likes and their interests and their emotions and their thoughts that we're not leaving as much space for our own. Like think about Mm -hmm. how often do people really that are in a relationship just say, okay, I need a day to myself. I'm going to sit in my room. I'm going to journal. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to really connect with myself. That's one way that I think we can prevent this loss of identity in relationship is really we need that time with ourself. And it's just as simple as spending time with yourself and checking in with yourself. Maybe I don't even need to ask this. I was going to ask, why do you think people do that? But I guess it's fairly obvious. You get really excited about someone. Yeah. You want to be around them all the time. And I will say from my own experience, because I have been doing this work for a while and I'm very Mm self-aware, I... I started seeing someone recently and I know you know they wanted to hang out and I said I oh I just really need the day to myself you know I just need to kind of have a reset. Mm-hmm. And he was so impressed and so oh. taken back just like oh I love how you said that I love how you expressed your needs and I said to him it's because you know what's happening is important to me and mm-hmm. I know that I have this this habit of doing this whirlwind thing and I don't want us to to burn out. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, anyone listening, if you are in a relationship or interested in someone, you might want to just think about how can you spread things out more? <laughs> because yeah. it does really help to build trust between you and, and the other person and also with yourself. That's such a good dating tip. Like it's so attractive. The fact that you said that the it's so attractive to another human being that you are expressing your needs and you mm-hmm. are adamantly saying you need the time to yourself. The right person will be attracted to that. Yes. I was going to say, oh, I always blame dopamine. Like you asked why we... Uh-huh why we don't do that. And for me personally, like when I'm into someone, when I'm dating someone, I'm like, I want to do everything with them. Like (laughs) every experience is just so much better with the other person. And you, it's so easy to fall down that, that trap of not taking the time to yourself because it's so much fun with another person. And Mm It's like, okay, if you have been on your own for a while, it's like you are getting all this dopamine from another human being. It's an addiction. But when you've really built up that relationship with yourself, especially when you've been single for some time, intentionally single, intentionally building that relationship, you do learn your needs. Like your needs to just be an optimally good human. (laughs) when we're jumping relationship to relationship or just we're looking for validation through dating experiences, we're not figuring out what we truly need to be our best selves because we're just looking for an external validation. Mm -hmm. But when you really say, okay, I'm going to be single these next few months and I'm going to figure out what really lights me up, what really makes me want to get up in the morning without depending on another human being without being excited about another human being. Cause that'll come like I've done the relationships. Like I know dating will come. Let me really figure out what makes me, what makes life worth living for me so that I can then express that and share that in my next relationship and know how to build that relationship so that when you 
when someone does come along, you know exactly what you need to do to get back to your baseline, which is really just alignment with yourself. Yes. Oh, you're so speaking my language. Yeah. Thank you. I feel like often in this space, the goal is really just like, how can we get with the next person? And really we need to get with ourselves first. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you had this uh, a pattern of going back with one of your exes. And because this is a breakup podcast, I would really yeah. appreciate it if you could maybe mention or speak to how not making your identity a priority can cause you to to backslide in in breakups. Yes, it's very common for people to break up, experience an identity crisis, questioning, who am I? What am I even doing in this life? And then think, oh, I must need to get back with my ex because they, I was happy and content before the boat was rocked. And it's like, you go through this breakup, you're, you're in pain, but pain is normal in a breakup. You're going to experience a an array of emotions that's normal what's not normal is when we feel like we need this other human to 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 live like just have grace with yourself if you are experiencing pain but for me personally like i mentioned my, that first break of experience we broke up and again i was 20 i was maybe 19 and I literally begged for him back because I didn't, I, Whoa. I, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I did not know how to get, yeah, I, I, I couldn't, <laughs> I also had knee surgery at the time. So I was like, I was just depressed because I couldn't do anything. I couldn't exercise. I, I feel like everything that was good in my life is gone. And I made this decision. I decided to end it. Why did, and I just questioned everything. I wish I knew what I knew now, obviously, but we did end up, yeah, we got back together because we were in so much pain rather than accepting, oh, this is the right decision for both of us. Let's move on. But that's why it is so important. Eric Erickson is is the one that coined the term identity crisis. I never have thought about this before. I mean, identity crisis, I guess to me, just makes so much sense. So, yeah. I mean, as far as the terminology goes, yeah. whoa, can you, I was not expecting to talk about this, but I would love to hear a little bit more about the coining well, of the term. <laughs> he coined the term because he studied the developmental phases. So, like our our adolescence and what we experience in childhood, and then we really start to form our identity in our later teens, early 20s. But if we're also jumping into relationships at that time, then our identity is going to get totally mixed up. And it's that that's the crucial time when we're really have to find ourselves again with the quotes. I have to find ourselves (laughs) in our early 20s. That's why our 20s is such there is such a decade of exploration and figuring out what we like, what we want, what we don't want. So when we get into a, a romantic relationships that those can kind of interfere with this baseline identity that we're forming. So if we do go through a breakup later on in our later twenties and our thirties, then we may have to find ourselves all over again. Well, 
we do, we have to build back that identity that maybe we never even created in the first place. A lot of us don't. A lot Mm -hmm. of us don't. Oh, so interesting. I never really thought to look into the into the history of this. And now it's like all I can think about. So thank you. <laughs> so Sarah, I was so excited when I listened to Deeper Than Dating mm-hmm. and I came across one of your episodes on this very topic and mm-hmm. you have a three phase process for rediscovering yourself after a breakup. Mm-hmm. And I really want to go through through each of these and get into some detail about it. Let's do it. So it's Audit, detox, and vision. So first of all, did you come up with this on your own? Yes. Yay, Sarah. It's really brilliant. Fantastic. (laughs) So if anyone listening is in the aftermath of a breakup, definitely get out a pen and paper right now and start taking some notes. Audit, detox, and vision. What do you mean by audit? Yes. So I know how overwhelming it can feel just self-development in general and finding yourself. You don't know where to start. So that's kind of why I just made a three-part process to to really simplify in your journey and getting to know yourself. So with audit, what I like to do with all my clients is we just start with an audit of your life. How are you spending your time? Are Are you numbing? Are you drinking too much? Are you watching too much TV? Because of course, if you're feeling crappy already because you're going through this breakup, it's really critical that we audit how we're spending each hour of our day mm-hmm. so that we're and not I think adding. especially um, after like the dust settles after a breakup, I think, and I mean, I don't know what, how you feel about this, but I think, you know, it's always important to say if you've just kind of very recently gone through a breakup, like within the past couple of weeks, you know, you might not be fully in a position <laughs> to to do a, a full audit. And if yeah. you're just miserable and just trying to kind of get through the day, that's also a phase. But I think we get past that, most of us, and feel like things are kind of reaching an equilibrium. And that's mm-hmm. when this can get so juicy to explore. What do you think? Absolutely. Because, of course, when we're in so much pain, especially in the beginning, where we want to numb a little yeah. bit, like which I can okay. understand. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I do it too. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> that's totally all good. But when we're ready to really get back on track and build that relationship with ourselves again, then we have to look at how we're spending our time. And I think of. I love the the happiness chemicals chart, just the dopamine, serotonin, and endorphins that we get from relationships. We have to start finding ways to give those back to ourselves. So having movement, getting, you know, even getting sun in the morning, it's really the simple things that we have to get back to. So that's really what auditing means is just taking a look at how we're spending our time And then we can start to look at personality, personality quizzes and our likes and dislikes can really start to evaluate the relationship that we just came out of so that we can start closing that, that chapter and any other relationships that maybe we haven't looked at in the past and auditing 
how you showed up, how you wish you showed up differently, like mm-hmm. how the other person showed up in the relationship that you weren't satisfied with. Yes. Like, what was missing? And this, this is, is why coaching can be so useful um, yes. with my clients who are emotionally prepared to do so. I have mm-hmm. a relationship inventory. You might be familiar with it. It takes like two weeks to do mm-hmm. because it's so detailed, but it can also be so transformative for people to think about some of this shit for the very first time. Yeah. And it, it amazes me sometimes that that people haven't thought about it and Mm -hmm. it can be just the simple act of looking at examining our past. And I always say this, I always tell my clients to be the investigator of their lives. Like they're in charge. They're not coming to coaching so that I tell them exactly what to do. Like we have to empower them to take charge of their lives so they can show up differently in the next relationship. Cause we're not always going to be there to hold their hands. Yeah. So yeah. Audit, um, the past. Okay. And so, um, what do you think is a good way to audit your past? Maybe besides this relationship inventory, how do you think people can, can do that? Cause I I always like to be as practical and Mm -hmm. as possible on X, on X files. So, I mean, how do you work with your clients to do an audit of your past? So for my clients, we do a love map, which is probably similar to relationship inventory, but, um, I just have them take out a piece of paper and draw out a timeline of any relationships that seemed, um, felt significant to you. So it could have been a three week fling, but it felt like it really was stayed with you. um, Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's up to your discretion of who you really include in this love map. And then I like to include pros and cons of the relationship under each person. Yes. And why (laughs) this is so juicy. I hope everyone's listening (laughs) (laughs) or taking note is what I mean. Of course you're listening. That's obvious. (laughs) It's such an easy exercise. And then, um, pros and cons. And then why were you attracted? Ask yourself why you were attracted to this person in the first place. Like, and then I also like to think about, okay, think about the day before you met this person or weeks leading up, like what state of mind were you in? Were you, were you in a vulnerable state of mind? Were you having really low self-worth? Were you at your high? You have to really examine how you as a person were before this person came into your life because we're whole people, you know, we're whole people before we meet these people. And then when we go through the breakup, we feel like we're so, we're so broken, but we have to remember like you were a person before you met this person, you were okay. So just everyone's different, but examining how you were before the relationship. This is brilliant. So just to recap, you are going to make a timeline of your most significant relationships. You're going to do a pros and cons list of each think about why you were attracted to this person and then think about what was happening in the weeks or days leading up to meeting them. Yeah. I love this. Thank you so much, Sarah. <laughs> and can you also, I, I mean, this is so, so brilliant. You are just a really talented coach. I can tell. Oh, can you. you also tell us a little bit about the importance of a values audit and w- what that looks like? Yes. So in the process of doing all this, like the love map work, we start to, we can start to see patterns 
And if you really dig underneath and we do look at our, our core needs and our core wants, we can start with our core values, which is so easy. Just Google values lists. So it'll be like really hundred words. Yeah. And I've done it twice it, this year. <laughs> yes. It's mm. good. It's, it's good to do. And there's like a hundred words and I always say, start, pick out circle 10 that feel really relevant to you. That's like, you need this in your life. So leadership or love or friendship. I know my top two because I've done this uh, twice, as I said. And so my, like, for instance, my top two are freedom and self-reliance, which, you know, that might not seem sexy to some people, but at the end of the day, these are really two things that define me more than anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've, I've only, I only know that because of doing, you know, the 10 and the five and <laughs> yeah. And it means a lot to me to know what I'm about for sure. And yes. it does, does for my identity. And then even when you do this exercise, you probably feel some sort of connection to yourself because you get back to like, mm-hmm. what is at your core? Oh, these, this is what's really important. All the other yeah. crap that, that comes up, like, everything else holding me back. That doesn't really matter. Like, let me stick to these values. This is really what my, my core at my core. So like Jana said, she narrowed it down to two, which can be really hard for, for people. So if you keep, you start with 10, narrow it down to five. Okay. If you have to pick two, what are your two most important values? And then we can ask questions like, how are these values showing up in your life right now? Where are you out of alignment with these values? Because this, if this is what's really important to you, then how can we get back to that? How can we, this is really what getting back into alignment is about, is getting back to what really matters to you. And in relationship, that can be so convoluted. And then you can re- go further. You can go layers and layers further with all of these exercises, but you can ask, was my ex showing up in these values? Like, do yes. I want my future partner to have these values? And I think so. also when you start dating again, if you know what your values are and also a number of other things, you can compare that to how you're showing up in relationships and your and the people who you're interacting with. And I know for me, it helps me to stay true to myself if mm-hmm. I'm constantly doing this evaluation, but because I did the work before I dated. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what about detox? I thought that this was a really interesting part of the three phase process of discovering yeah. ourselves, rediscovering ourselves. So what do you mean by detox and how do you do it? So yeah, all the work we did in the in the audit and which is really audit investigating the past and really taking inventory of what's in your life now, then we have to get rid of what doesn't align. So again, we did a time audit. Well, what's not working? What am I spending too much time on? That's really dragging me down for me. I, I get sucked into, into TV. I, I really do love, I <laughs> love TV, huh, but okay. like, yes, sorry. I was sick the past week watch a lot of TV, my mood is low. So it's like just observing what is affecting your your mood or vibration, I guess we can just talk about our vibrations, but, and then get, getting rid of what is not aligning. So if we do the values list, what is not aligning with my values right now and how can I cut that out? Mm-hmm. 
And it's being brutally honest with yourself. Yeah, gotcha. And that can be tricky. I know I've had to kind of separate myself or create considerable distance with um, certain friends and family members because Mm -hmm. of this. And that's, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's really challenging for sure. And even work. I'm a freelance writer in addition to being a coach and I've had to walk away from money Mm -hmm. before because it just felt so like it was reflecting so much with what I, what my truth was, you know, having certain people around me, even professionally. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's really where we work on our boundaries too. It's like once we've defined what we need in our lives to really live our most optimized lives, then how can we practice setting boundaries so that nothing comes in and, and disrupts what I need to really live my best life? So I work with my clients a lot <laughs> on boundaries. And what surprises me because I'm so immersed in this space is how much I find so many people are kind of a deer in headlights when you ask mm-hmm. them if they know what their boundaries are. A lot of people don't, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. I want to be treated with kindness. You know, I want people yeah. to be nice to me. How many boundaries do you think, you know, it's important to maybe write down or how can you really know that you have a firm idea about what your boundaries are? Mm. It dep- obviously depends on the person and yeah, what, what triggers them? Because if we're auditing, I mean, triggers is a whole other, other thing to audit of like, okay, I keep getting triggered or emotionally, yeah, emotionally triggered by this one person. I need to really take note of that or or this one experience or my job every single day, like my boss every single day, then it really depends. Like what is really um, getting in your space, getting in your and triggering you and taking note and observing what that is. And then that's where we would start to practice putting up boundaries around those things to as a sort of protection of, of showing up as our most authentic self. So yeah, you can't really put, I guess, a number on it, but yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we have audit detox and the last part of the three phase process of rediscovering ourselves is vision. This was fun to hear you talk about. So tell us a little bit about the vision phase. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Vision is my, probably one of my favorite words and my Mm. favorite phase, definitely because, and I started a breakup school this year that really helps. (laughs) (laughs) My eyes just got really big, everyone. (laughs) I I don't think I knew this. (laughs) Yeah. I, it's a small group program breakup school. And the whole point is to create this new future that we're so in love with that we really finally move on from the past. Uh, because when we're really too stuck on the past, and not letting go. We're usually stuck in one of the grief phases because we haven't accept truly accepted that the past this past relationship is is over. So we have to start intentionally creating a new future. We have to find what really lights us up, what gets us excited, what do we want our lives to look like a year from now, five years from now, and envisioning 
that perfect day and that the partner that that we want to call in eventually and we've done the work of looking at our values looking at what's important to us now how are we incorporating those in our vision of the future so this is where envisioning vision future visioning and manifesting comes in and you can do all the things we can do vision boards yeah so how do you i actually also have a lot of people ask me how to do a vision board i know that you're a pinterest fan um yeah. so can you talk maybe a little bit about that and uh, maybe some other ways that people might uh, put this together. And then I will share how I do it. Yes, I think Pinterest is a great place to start, especially the more you use it, the more it really gets specific to you. That's yes, not the word I guess the, the algorithm, is that what yeah. we're looking for? Yes, they start suggesting things that yes. they know you're going to like. It is really fun. I love that app. Yeah, Um So I have boards for every year, I'll make a board and it's really getting that visual of what, what is getting you excited? Um, What really makes you think, oh, I, that's what I want in my life. So I have like a vision for my future home, future family, all the, all the things that really make me think, oh, that feels very authentic to what I want to call in. Mm -hmm. And so I can, once you can kind of picture it then it sets the wheels in motion and i go f- further and i i i take photos and put them in canva so that i have like an actual vision board a digital vision board and then i have something called a morning formula that's like every morning just connecting with that that vision so you know okay this is this is the life i'm working towards uh this is really what lights me up and setting kind of a ritual for yourself having your morning coffee and, mm-hmm. and and looking at your vision. Like, so, you know, it's a, a way for giving yourself hope. What's going to give you hope in for your future. Love it. How do you do I, it? I'm a, Oh, I'm a big vision board person for sure. I always do it at the beginning of the year, though. I don't put any pressure on myself. It has, it, you know, I do it in January, but in 2021, I actually did it in February because I was just like not feeling it in January. <laughs> so yeah. what I do is I I journal for, I, pro- I probably do set a timer. It's kind of how I am. I just journal about all of the things that I want for the year, normally in bullet points, just everything from money, relationships, house, um, sometimes energy that I want to call in. Mm-hmm. And then I go back through and I circle the words that jump out at me. And then I put each of those words on a different little card that I write. Mm-hmm. I'm a big um, hand lettering. Hand, I like hand lettering. Yeah. <laughs> and so I make it really, really pretty. And then I put all of the words on a board and then I just decorate it and just make it lovely to look at. Yeah. I love that. So it's just words. So this year I put also a picture of a goddess on it, a picture of a phoenix on it, and some butterflies. Cause oh, and some hummingbirds. <laughs> All yeah. things that I love. Cause I want it to be nice, nice to look at. And it's um posted. I mean, it's an actual poster board. It's not, I mean, it is it is gorgeous. In fact, I'll text you a picture of it. Okay. Um, but it's it's large and it's where I can see it multiple times a day. And it's where other people can see it as well. <laughs> yeah, if you I love come that. into the room, you're you're not missing it. Um, mm-hmm. in fact, 
one of the words that's that I put on there was sex for this year. <laughs> and I have to be kind of careful sometimes because if I ever do a Zoom call in my room, it's also like the biggest word for some reason. And yeah. it's like right by my head if I ever do, <laughs> do a Zoom call. But I don't know. It's something I yeah. wanted in this year. Yeah. So um, something that I thought was really interesting from the episode you did on this was you actually encouraged people to kind of lean into feelings of jealousy. Mm-hmm. Can you quickly tell us about that? I I liked that. I feel that oftentimes were encouraged to avoid jealousy. And Mm -hmm. so, but you are actually of the belief that we can use jealousy to manifest things. Yeah. So it's reframing any, anytime we feel envy or jealousy, especially scrolling on social media, I think being really intentional about what we're feeding our brains. So intentional scrolling, I think of it now as kind of like shopping. So what do I want to manifest? What is, what am I seeing other people doing? And I get this little spark of envy. That's my brain telling me you, this is something you desire that you know you can have. There's something in you that knows that you're capable of attracting that you're capable of building that whatever it is. So if we really are intentional about what we're looking at and noticing our feelings as these come up, there's something in you that desires what you're seeing. So don't hang up on it too long because I know when we are, when we do typically feel envy, especially on social media, it will lead us down a negative thought spiral, which okay. is which is why I think a lot of people feel really low mood and can be depressed from social media. So yeah, that, uh, that, that's really interesting. I know often people are really discouraged from scrolling at all because mm-hmm. of this, but envy is such a human, such a natural, such a raw emotion. And so I actually, I love your approach that instead of avoiding it and saying, oh no, I, I, I can't, I can't feel this way. I need to distract myself from this to listen to it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. use it. Yeah, there's yeah, there's usually there's something that's resonating with you, yes. your your brain, your soul. Like there's something that you desire there. So just flip it around on its head and say, "Don't sit in envy for too long." Immediately, a thousand percent. I'm not yeah. trying to at all get yeah, people no, to I, to run with this too. I think too much. it's also it's like it's a practice that I've that I've done. So. It's a, it's a practice. Now, if I immediately catch myself envy, I think what a question, okay, what is it here that I'm desiring? What do I want? Ask yourself that question and get in that practice. It's that simple. Thank and you. I, I learned that from, um, manifestation teacher, Lacey Phillips. So Ooh. I, I'm not going to claim that, but <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much. Before we wrap up, can you please speak to a growth mindset and how we can develop a growth mindset and what it has to do with healing a broken heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So growth, it's growth mindset versus fixed mindset, which is oh. from Carol Dweck. Um, yeah. So growth mindset versus fixed mindset. It was really a, a 
psychology study of, okay, is there valid validity in having a growth mindset? And yes, if we, okay, no, we believe ourselves to be able to change. So a lot of people think that they are fixed as they are like, so, oh, I attract a certain person. I always Uh attract uh-huh. Um, these types of people, then that's just how I am. So yes, that's where I just can't. I can't get over it. I just can't. I yeah, can't. like uh-huh. when people say, "Oh, I always, I just always get want to go back to my ex," or I always do this. Like you're saying, I'm, I have a fixed mindset. Where a growth mindset knows I'm capable of change. I'm capable of growth. We know this with neuroplasticity we're capable of changing our brains. We are capable as humans of rewiring our neural circuits in our brains. We can change. That's a growth mindset. So you do not always have to attract the same type of people. You can change your life. You can change your future. Just knowing that that is a growth mindset. Part of what I'm hearing is it can help heal a broken heart because I think we do get to a phase in in many breakups where it just seems like it's controlling us instead mm-hmm. of the other way around and it can be very liberating to yeah. discover or accept or to convince ourselves that we do have have the power to get past this yes and it's exactly what you just said. It's getting liberating. It's getting your power back, knowing you do have, you do have the power to change. Mm -hmm. You are not a stone. You're not a tree. You want change in your life. You can, you can make it happen. And if you want to rediscover yourself as lost as you might feel right now, listening to this, if you've gone on Spotify and looked up breakups and (laughs) because you're in so much pain, I promise you, you can get there and go slow. You know, this three phase process, this, this, these are things that take time, especially Mm -hmm. when you are in pain. Mm -hmm. So give yourself grace. And then, like I said earlier, once the dust settles, you can really have so much fun with these things. And that's Mm -hmm. why I was so fired up when I listened to your episode on this. And I think you're doing wonderful work. If anyone is listening and feeling that this is something they can't overcome, I am sending you so much strength for the week ahead. If you liked this episode, of course, I would not mind if you left me a five-star rating and review on Apple and let me know. And Sarah, I so appreciate what you're doing for people, for the world. I am so glad that I got to know you. Where would you like people to go and say hello? Definitely on Instagram at at love.saramack. That's so great. And I have to say, you've got the best name. It seriously sounds like from a movie or something. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm not joking. Um, It's really cute. Love, love, love it. All right. Well, I will see everybody next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to X-Files podcast. I sincerely hope that you found today's episode inspirational or useful. I would love to support you on your healing journey. All you have to do is send me a message through the X-Files Instagram account, and I will personally be in touch to get you started. Remember, 
If you are struggling with a broken heart, your feelings are temporary. I am sending you so much love and luck for the week ahead. You've got this.